Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, it's The Sportive. I'm John Martholler. Stu is here with me. Hey, John. How's it going? It's just the two of us. Brandon is, is. buried under an avalanche of children and... I think, if I'm not mistaken, our good friend Chicken Fingers 69 is buried under an avalanche of beer. Um, um, I don't think, no, I think it's more practice stuff. I think there's practices again yeah. this weekend. He's either he's either at a hockey practice or at somebody's cabin drinking with his shirt off. And mm-hmm. there's no reason it couldn't be both in the same night. Yeah, um, I, it's hard to say. It's podcast so. night in Canada. It's Saturday night it again. So. It is. Oh, are, speaking of uh, uh, did uh, did I see correctly that today's outdoor game got like has like a has a sun delay? Oh, Stu, still ongoing. Oh, Stu, it is today's outdoor NHL hockey game is yes. the most outdoor NHL. It's the most NHL hockey game of all time. This is everything about today's NHL. Wrapped up into one glorious package of failure. I can't even describe. So I, I know not not everybody who listens to this podcast is a puckhead, so I'll try to recap this. Colorado, Colorado and Las Vegas, two not exactly traditional hockey markets, are playing a game in uh, on the shores of Lake Tahoe. I actually don't know if it's on the Nevada side or the California side, but it hardly matters. They yeah. Because... Because they can't have fans anyway, they thought they'd try to go someplace that would serve as an extremely uh, a fun backdrop, a different look. It's on the 18th hole of a golf course. The rink was set up. And it was just something different that they could do, and they could play outside, and it didn't really matter. It wasn't taking a home game away from anybody else because there's no fans anyway. So they tried something different. And on the i think the nhl is probably to be commended for that because too often the league is a total sticks in the mud so at least they tried something but <laughs> i i i i can i can't even say it without laughing they, what they did was they decided to play this game in the middle of the day because that way nbc would broadcast it i think that's the only reason yeah. they would ever play a game like this in the middle of the day and the weather cooperated. It's not like it's 75 degrees in Lake Tahoe. It was 27. But the problem was, and I, I, I can't stress enough that this seems eminently foreseeable to me. The problem was that in the American Southwest, wait for it, it's sunny today. Extremely sure is, sunny. And <laughs> so every part of the ice that was not over a white part of the ice any part that was painted any part that was over the logo turned into absolute slush like not to the point where you get you get springtime games in the in the playoffs when they're playing in a warm weather climate and the ice is kind of bad this was there were places that you couldn't skate through there were places where you literally couldn't 
get your skates through because it was just slush. It was like skating through a snowbank. And so <laughs> only the NHL oh. seems like they would have the problem of holding an outdoor game in the American Southwest and being completely caught off guard because there was too much sun. The sun was out, yeah. The sun was out and there was nothing they could do about it. So, so they have to they have to wait until like eleven o'clock tonight. Yeah, they're at midnight <laughs> Eastern tonight. We're we're in the longest intermission in NHL history right now. That oh, started that is... about three o'clock this afternoon our time, and is the game will resume at yeah. eleven p.m. tonight. Which the softest American sport? I swear to God, <laughs> you can't play because your ice is too soggy. Oh my God, it's beautiful. It was oh, you. Soft, it's like just soft. It's like planning a wedding in the summer and forgetting to rent a tent. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just oh my goodness, that's oh that's delightful. I'm so so pleased. I assume I think um, if I I caught uh, they got uh, Batman for a quote, and I think he actually used the phrase "the sun is our enemy." <laughs> so the surprise basically. He's Montgomery Burns. He the is surprising thing, Montgomery Burns. The surprising thing to me is that Bruins owner Jeremy Jacobs didn't have a plan in place to blot out the sun for the entire world because oh, yeah. usually that's sort of his <clears throat> milieu. But oh yeah, unfortunately, he, he <laughs> did. They didn't seem to have the sun blotting strategy. You would think that if nothing else, they would have a big tarp or curtain that they could just hoist up, and I think that probably would have ruined the one million drones that they had flying around. Flying around the ice surface. It really seemed, honestly, I think the whole broadcast was less an excuse to have a hockey game and more an excuse for NBC to waste its drone rental budget before the end of the fiscal year because they had about 15 of them going. Oh, you get like, I think if you buy 10, you get five free in Tahoe. I think that's how. <laughs> that's just how it works in rental. Tahoe. That is how the drone rental works. Um, You know, honestly, the saddest thing I thought about the whole thing was, so it's on the lake, and I thought that if they're going to do it on the lake, there would be a million people out on boats and stuff. But they showed right at the start of the game, there was like one sort of outing boat. You know know what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about? The kind that somebody rents for a terrible work outing. And there was one of those and about four kayakers, and that was it. (laughs) So you had like the Jonathan Paddleford. It's usually by that was by Valley Fair, and and the four kayakers who like can't yeah. go to McCovey Cove right now because there's no baseball. It's like the it was like a McCovey Cove when the Giants are 43 yeah. and 111 at the end of the season. Oh, delightful! So um, just an extremely NHL day in the NHL today. Yeah. yeah. Um, we can transition from that into your Minnesota Wild. I believe they have finally come back from Scarlet Fever <laughs> and the mumps and whatever else they had going on. And they have uh, they split a pair of games with the Los Angeles Kings. Is that correct? The funny thing is they actually have had mumps outbreaks in recent seasons. That has Oh, I happened. know. I'm, oh, I'm well aware. The pictures are always hilarious. <laughs> it's just they look – I mean, because they recover from the mumps, obviously. That's why it's hilarious because they look the mumps. It's a funny disease. Yeah. It's just they they look very uh, well. It's it's just ah, I, I don't want to talk about the mumps. I'll get in trouble probably. Um, <laughs> from the mumps board of America. From the, from the mumps, you never know. There's Big podcast gonna, sponsor. Someone, the mumps, someone will get upset about it. The mumps know. council will come after us <clears throat> with all that mumps yep. lawyer money. Yeah. 
Alferda. Um, Alferda. Alferda. Um, but is, is they uh, split with the Kings. Am I correct in that? Um, I thought they only played one. So... Didn't they play one with the Kings and one with the Ducks so far? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they got boat raced by the Kings, if I yeah. remember right. And they then, came uh, back. The Ducks, they beat the Ducks. Their first game back, really, they, they had... Two defensemen that are usually on the team. Plus, I think they were playing about four forwards from the AHL, which is not a big difference the way their forward lines have lined up this year. But they, it really was. It, it was nice to see the Iowa Wild get back on the ice, and <laughs> everybody, everybody's coming back from COVID, and everybody else hasn't played yeah. a game in three weeks. And it wasn't too surprising that even a team like the Kings hammered them, but. They came back and beat Anaheim the other night. Anaheim's terrible. The Kings are terrible, too, though. So oh, they, okay. They got Anaheim again tonight starting. Uh, let's just, we can maybe give some live updates because I know how much our podcast listeners love when we talk about sports that are happening while we record. So hey, um, um, They got Brodeen back, yep. I believe, today. So that's, that's good. He's I, a good player, I've been told. I think just about everybody is out of the COVID protocols, except for their third-string goalie who went into the COVID protocols. So I don't know nice. if that means that soon there will be all the other 11 guys who weren't in there the first time will be in there or what. But. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a team-building exercise. Yeah, this, this team is going to reach herd immunity by March 1st. So <laughs> They're the South Dakota of <laughs> professional <laughs> hockey teams without the body count, thankfully. Um <laughs> Uh, let's see. Was that other hockey stuff? I had one other hockey thing. I swear. Um, oh, where the heck? Sorry, I'm looking at my phone while trying to record a podcast at the same time. Um, oh, it was. Uh, I was going to ask you about um, our beloved college puck uh, locally. Uh, it looks like there are four Minnesota teams in the top six. Am I correct in that, John? I think that's right. There is, and I think Wisconsin's up there too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, so that's all Minnesota kids, so. If only, um. and now I'm just going to I'm just going to spitball here Stu, but mm-hmm. given the long tradition of high school hockey in Minnesota and the naturally local parochial but competitive and exciting mm-hmm. nature of hockey in Minnesota, what if again, I'm just spitballing here. What if instead of having a college league that was spread across nine states from teams that don't have any of that local stuff what if you put all of those teams from minnesota into one league and let them play each other i feel like fans would really like that what do you think i think that would be awesome john and it makes a ton of sense especially given like you know the stature within minnesota versus you know the rest of the country it's almost like a little mini like you know league that you could like really just build up the whole make like a whole state thing but uh it makes a lot of sense, so I imagine it won't happen. I think I, the thing you got to watch out for is that something like that can always be ruined by a bald troll with a god complex somewhere in Wisconsin. So you got to watch out for that. <laughs> not but. Mike Holmgren, for the record. We're not talking about Mike Holmgren. <laughs> Mike he Holmgren moved, he had, moved for one. <laughs> he, he was a very hirsute man. He he was yeah. not bald in any way. Yeah, he was thinning up top though. So. Um. I think, I think he moved to Washington, actually. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> D.C. or the state? The state. I think uh, he was uh, originally from Seattle. But I, gotcha. you know, I, could, be, I could be lying. Wait to, to let us know. He's just driving a boat around Lake Washington. <laughs> um, speaking of the college uh, aspect, I 
looked like is there college football going on right now? <laughs> Maybe. I think. I think. Okay. I I have a I vague think memory an that there was going on. <laughs> there were teams that were going to play in February and stuff, right? Like FCS yeah. teams. Yeah, I, I, I was again just uh, dinking around on Twitter before you called, and I thought I saw like a highlight of UND football. The, <laughs> you were like, "Wow, the, 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 wow!" The uh, Sandhawks of North Dakota are out there, their prairie chickens or whatever the fuck they're called now. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I just didn't know if you if I was imagining that. No, or I, if um, that sounds plausible, but it also sounds impossible at the same time. Yeah, just. I don't know. I mean, I'm they they made it through the uh, FBS season with it, with I one mean, million with, cancellations, a lot one of cancellations. Cases. Every every win and loss has an asterisk by it for future record keeping. Right. Um, there's kids who like are still recovering from the COVID cases they got. Yeah. So that's it looks it really a if, great season. If you look at the historical record, ten years from now, it's going to look exactly like when you go back to. The Gopher football 1904 national championship or whatever, and mm-hmm. you look at their schedule and they beat Iowa Normal twice and St. Paul Central <laughs> High School and just <laughs> they beat that. Notre, Notre Dame was a teacher's college. <laughs> <laughs> some some military group from Iowa, like an Iowa Air Force base, and whoa, this you're right. This really was a national championship season. What is the Sioux Falls Grange? I don't know what that is. <laughs> they, they beat them three to nothing, though. So it was a tight game. That was ah four to two. That's that sounds like quite the game there. Mm. Ah, so okay, there was football. I think yeah, um, football is happening. I think we think we this think. whole year has been like you turn on you, you go to ESPN.com and there's football mm-hmm. scores on there somehow and. I don't know. Is it the Pro Bowl this week? They're not playing the Pro Bowl, are they? <laughs> They're not playing. No, there's no. I don't think. That's, oh, it's. Uh, I think it's Combine Week, John. Oh, it can't I think be Combine we, Week. It, it's got to be Combine Week. I think everyone's going to Indianapolis, John, even though it's still not really that safe. I think we're all going to uh, the Jewel City of Indiana to eat, I don't know, whatever. What's their cultural food? Their mayonnaise steaks? <laughs> and... Um, but I don't know. I could uh, be wrong. Chicken fried mayonnaise. Chicken fried mayonnaise. That's the um, official state food of Indiana. Speaking of food and chicken and chicken fingers, um, he had a mild food meltdown in our group chat, <laughs> although I think it was right. Um, he was disturbed that the McDonald's filet o fish sandwich has a slice of American cheese on it. Right. And he just, I mean, first of all, he likes six foods, so that's, yeah. but I think in this case, um, putting cheese on a, a fried fish filet, I tend to agree, is just off-putting at best. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've had the filet of fish in years. I couldn't even tell you if it had cheese on it back then or not, but apparently it has almost since they introduced the sandwich. I, I feel like if you're eating a fried fish sandwich, you're not, you've already indicated that your food standards are pretty low to begin with. So <laughs> if if someone throws a slice of cheese on there, I don't I mean, is that kosher? I don't know if that's kosher. Yeah, I don't I no, I man, that's a great question. I I don't know. Um but I yeah, I I, I just on the rare occasion that my um views align with chickens as regards American foodstuffs, I figured it was worth noting that I agreed with him to put in yeah. A slice of American cheese on a, a breaded fish fillet is 
is off-putting. Yeah, most. when when he said that, I mm-hmm. my first reaction was, well, it's a chicken food take, so you always got to be on guard. But yeah. I had never thought about it, and you're right, that is extremely strange, and they shouldn't do that. I agree 100%. Yeah, and again, I mean, it's the American culture. If there's a sandwich from a fast, fast food restaurant, it's probably going to have some cheese on it. That's just how... It makes you feel like get, you're... That's how they get you? It makes you feel like you're getting your money's worth, Stu. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It's like, ooh, there's 30... It's cost 30 cents, but that means there's cheese yeah. on it. So you, cheese. So you get that. Yeah. It's only another 30 cents. It's fine. It's good. It's like and, you go to Chick-fil-A and, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to just get a chicken sandwich. I'm not a child, but, oh, this no. sandwich has a, pepper jack, a slice of pepper jack cheese on it? Well, now yes. there's a meal fit for an adult. <laughs> so, um, and his, um, I think that was the only thing that Chicken sent us for tonight's show. I know um, Brandon sent us a couple of things. Um, if, do you have those in front of you? Well, I do, but it, somehow he, he couldn't join us because he's a dedicated family man, but he did find time to send about 1,400 words on the Minnesota Timberwolves, which... Has to be 1,400. I mean, even John Krasinski and Britt Robson are like, man, find something else to do in your life. Settle down. Rent a movie. Yeah. (laughs) Just find a show. There's so many shows. Find a new show. Like rank t-shirts or something. Just go do it. Oh, wait a minute. No. Anything but this. So the Timberwolves are amazing. They find a way to lose every game. Mm -hmm. It's not even necessarily... As incompetent as you would think it would be. If they were truly incompetent, they'd lose every game by 35 points. But they don't. They lose every game by 3 points. And they lead every game by 10 points in the fourth quarter. But then all of a sudden they can't shoot. And somehow they have five people who've never met on the floor together. And pretty soon the other team has gone on a 17-2 to run. And they're losing with a minute to go. Um, yeah, it's not great. The only thing, um, and I think this was the first time the Timberwolves have actually been a topic of national conversation since the Jimmy Butler making everyone cry at practice, um, episode, um, was, mm-hmm. uh, when, um, ER's Anthony Edwards oh had, an am- uh, had an amazing dunk last night. Like people were still sharing it this afternoon. National, yeah. Um, it, did, it was not just Wolves Twitter trying to glom on to anything positive, even though that is exactly what happened there. It was like everybody was talking about it, and of course you had the the naysayers bringing up um, Edwards's admittedly horrible stat line because apparently they finally got done storming the Capitol and got back on Twitter <laughs> to get mad about to get mad about dunks again. <laughs> got done wearing sackcloth and ashes for Rush Limbaugh just to get angry about a black man again. So yeah. that was that was that was fun to see. Um, he didn't use his left hand. That was the problem. <laughs> Why didn't he take a higher percentage three point shot? Oh well, he can't. He can't shoot. But that's not. Here, here, nor there. The dunk was cool as hell. Oh. Um, the guy, I feel. So, who was the guy he dunked on? It doesn't matter um, because that man is dead now. He, he is, is dead. He is dead. <laughs> He's exactly. in the ground underneath Target Center, like Jimmy Hoffa. Exactly. Sportive regards for his family. Um, so yeah, that was like a cool Timberwolves thing that happened. Um, but as far as the actual team goes, it's still just depressing. Yeah, I've been, I've been reduced to yelling at friends on Twitter when they say angry things about Ricky Rubio. I basically try to turn it around on them and tell them that they're 
missing the something. Yeah, they're missing something in their life, and they should leave Ricky alone. Mm-hmm. That's who I've become. I've become a, a troll, like like a prep sports troll on Ricky Rubio's behalf. <laughs> no one in Austin has clean water, and you're complaining about Ricky Rubio. That's right. What are your priorities, sir? Sir. Sir, why don't you just get on a plane and fly to Cancun with your family? Sir. <laughs> That's who I've become. I've become that guy on Twitter because I can't handle the criticism on behalf of Ricky Rubio. Of, of Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I, I get it. But, yeah, it's – and if Brandon was here, we could do an easy 20 minutes on uh, his latest – and, again, they've only played, like, what, two or three games this week? Yeah. And nothing, nothing has changed from his 20-minute – filibuster last week so um they're still um punishing but they had one good play um, yep. last night so i mean that which was nice nothing has changed could go for the last 30 years of timberwolves oh, yeah. fandom it's always yeah. this this is how yeah. it always goes twas ever twas ever thus and yet i'm still here still watching yeah. still excited yeah. about all well, of what else yeah what else what else what else are you gonna do so I guess what I'm saying is we're going to keep it to a solid six minutes on the Timberwolves rather than our usual 45. Um, I did see that uh, their uh, college men's counterparts got absolutely blown away by Matt Brickman's Illini today. <laughs> well, I think the final was um, 94 to 63, so it sounds like it was a real hot one at the barn today. Uh, this, uh, this feels familiar, too. I'm not going to yeah. lie. They are um, they are extremely strange. It uh, seems like they are going to the NCAA tournament. I don't know that for a fact. I'm not up on my latest bracketology or anything, but it seems like the consensus is that they are going to make the NCAA tournament even though they have not and likely will not win a road game in the Big Ten. And even though possibly they're going to end with a record of like 6-10 and 10 in the Big Ten, yet people still think they'll be in the tournament? That seems strange to me. Yeah, I mean, that's... I don't know how you make that work, but I suppose it's, I mean, it's such a weird year to begin with. I assume there's just, that's, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm completely thrown off by how they can let any team in that doesn't win a road, that doesn't win a single road game. It just makes. I know. It seems like it should be a, a basic qualifier for the tournament. Like you have to win one road game and you can't be Northwestern. That's the basic criteria for making the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah it makes, <sighs> I, I I don't get it, but I mean, it appears to be what the consensus is, is that they're going to get in even if they don't win. I, I learned that from listening to the Daily Delivery by Michael Rand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seriously, that's how I, it's like, it, because it made no sense. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's how, huh. And I mean. I just want to say about the, about the Daily Delivery, if you like the sport of podcast, you'll love all the guests on the Daily Delivery. <laughs> Yeah, I made my debut yesterday. I assume you're coming up in the next week or two to talk about, I assume, Bandy or something. I think yeah. I think Mike has heard me talk about soccer enough to know <laughs> that 30 minutes is not near enough for a John Marthal interview. You can, like, spike that Nayla Jean Myers uh, commercial in the beginning. <laughs> I need to talk about the fourth line. It's just um, Mike fading out the sound while I'm yelling, <laughs> turn that microphone back on! <laughs> um oh gosh but yeah uh the illinois team do they still have like Dion thomas and those mm-hmm. guys that's very true okay. it's Just the same sure. it's the same guys they've always had they're all in their 17th year of <laughs> they're, basketball they're all, they're all 17th year just pounding the gophers that just it's 
By the Again, way, more I, was ever I, I wanted to look up and see what the actual final score of the Gopher game was, and I, mm-hmm. I'm here to note that the Gopher men lost 94 to 63, but the Gopher women lost 94 to 62 today. So, Jesus. it's a great day for basketball and great day for Minnesota. Dinky Town. That's, boy. Yeah. Um, I don't even are, are the women any good this year, or are they they've also? Been, they've been better. They were they were pretty bad for the first part of the season. Then I think coming into today, they'd won five out of seven or something like that. Oh. But now, I mean, they're they're not good, but they're passable. They're not the worst team in the Big Ten, okay. and they beat Wisconsin, right. which is more than we can say for the men's hockey team. So I say yeah. salute to you, Lindsey Whalen. Nice, nice well job, played, Lindsey. Way to go, McLeod County. Um, Let's see. And Brandon's other thing was about Carson Wentz, wasn't it? Yeah. So they they traded Carson Wentz for a first and a second. Do I have that right? Is my memory firing correctly there? Um, the second is for sure, and I think that first is conditional depending on how many snaps he plays. Oh, that's right. They, it was like a second that becomes a first if he's actually yes. the quarterback next year. Yes, which is kind of, I mean, you would think they would want to set that up for him being actually good instead of just being healthy. Right. It feels because you can like start all 16 games and not be all that great. Um, hence, we'll probably get to Kirk Cousins in a bit, but there's your Kirk Cousins stat of the day. Um, so I, I think uh, Brandon's question is what does that do to the market for a Kirk Cousins type? Um, Kirk, for his many flaws, is better than Carson Wentz. Right. I think we both agree on that. So, um, but, and Carson also had a ridiculous uh, salary that the Eagles are absolutely eating shit this year. Right. I want to say the cap cap is like $33 for a player who's not there. (laughs) That's That's, that's that's something else right there. That That is, yeah, that's letting your fans know this is a rebuilding year. (laughs) That is New York (laughs) Mets Bobby Bonilla style right there. Yes, we are not signing any free agents. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing good coming from this year. (laughs) This is, you know. This is dad sitting the family down and saying the car is broken down. There won't be any Christmas this year. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I mean, if you like watching Jalen Hurts run around and probably get absolutely (laughs) killed by week four, (laughs) this is the Eagle season for you. (laughs) This is the last year of Jalen Hurts' life, so. (laughs) Exactly. So enjoy it, friends. Um, Oh, gosh. Um, but as far as I think that probably, I mean, you got to find a team that's going to take some of Cousins' salary because I don't think the Vikings are going to be able to eat thirty odd million. Well, the point of cap space. The point of getting well, one of the points of getting rid of Cousins would be to get some of that cap space back. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you've, again, you've got to find someone who's going to take. I mean. Who, if they somehow do manage to move him, it'll be like some sort of an agreement where the Vikings will, you know, eat X part of the salary and the team that acquires them will take the rest. I assume that's how that's going right. to work. Well, so. it, it really would be if the Vikings were going to try to trade Kirk Cousins and his entire salary, it would almost be a case of finding a team that would be willing to take Cousins, his salary, and a draft pick just to get him off yeah. the Vikings books. and. Yeah. That yeah, would be and, that would be something else. That would be a yeah. different level of. I, I feel like there's cert, there's a certain hope among some Vikings fans that if Carson Wentz can go for these draft picks, then Cousins can go for a first round pick, 
And then maybe that first round pick and another first round pick can turn around and get them a quarterback they might want or something like that. But it seems like the contract is the thing that really throws the wrench into that. Am, am, am I wrong about that? Um, are you wrong about Vikings fans being incredibly optimistic only to find reality crushing their dreams? Yes, John, yeah. I think that's exactly right. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think, and again, nothing's changed since we talked about it last week, except that it looks like there is, we've seen now that you can move a quarterback with a horrible contract if you want to eat $30 million in cap space. So, um, and the Vikings aren't going to do that, and the Texans are still a um, disaster zone, so hopefully they can rip them off. That's, I think, the best. <laughs> or, they, or, or Shanahan really likes Cousins out in San Francisco right. and they can work something out with them. But again, I, all things being equal, I think Kirk Cousins is starting quarterback so the fall. I, shouldn't, I know I shouldn't get my hopes up that the Vikings somehow managed to land a John Watson. That's crazy talk. <laughs> Yes, Should I? I saw a story that suggested that Watson's preferred landing spot might be Miami. Should I get my hopes up that the Vikings can land Tua? That would be great. I mean, he was not, he did not like pop last year, but I think, I think there's still potential there. I don't think anyone thinks he's a bust yet. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't. He just wasn't as good as Justin Herbert was last right. year, and he was he was taken. It was before Herbert, right? Yeah, Tua was right at the top. Yeah. So um, I would definitely, I mean, if again, this is me personally. If I had to choose between Cousins or Tagovailoa being the quarterback next year, obviously Tagovailoa is the more intriguing option for the chance that he's worth something. And if he's not, then you'll just start over again the year after that or the year after that. I think that's more than equitable. I don't, again, I don't see that one happening either, but. I'd, I'd be all on board. I mean, because I mean, then you get Tua, and then you draft Devontae Smith, and then you have the Crimson Tide all over again. <laughs> That's <about>. right. Because, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was the uh, – It's like that was, both sides of a college football national championship game. Yeah. Um, man, that would be – that uh, mock draft gave me a brief flicker of happiness when I mm-hmm. think it was some guy from the NFL Network – projected Smith falling all the way to 14. And all I can remember is the national championship game where he's out running that Ohio State linebacker whose check engine light came on <laughs> and he was trying to chase him. <laughs> it was just like, oh, my God, this guy is so good. And if you want to actually try to win with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, sending him and Jefferson and Thielen out, and, I mean, you, he literally needs one second of protection. That's really all he needs. And you should be able to get to 10 wins uh, with that. That but, would actually be great just from the pure fantasy football team strategy mm-hmm. of building a team. Like, they have an amazing running back and three amazing wide mm-hmm. receivers. And mm-hmm. nobody even thought about an offensive line or a defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually a decent uh, decent tight end in Irv Smith. Yep. Um, no, no offensive line and a league average quarterback. Right. Good luck. It would be fun. I'd it would be more fun than not if that was the case next year. It would be fantastic if that were to happen. I would but. I would love it purely from hearing everyone but you and Paul Allen in the state of Minnesota try to correctly pronounce Tag of Iola on a <laughs> repeating basis. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, that would be I'd, – and I, I mean the minute I read that, then I went and checked like a half dozen other um, – Mock drafts and Smith goes way before number right. fourteen and all of those. So right, of course. I, 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 yeah, but I mean that was the one. So that was that was the hope that you yeah. hang on to. 
in a long, cold, desperate winter. Right. It, it's very so. much, very much the analog of reading like vaccine news these days, where you find exactly. one person who says everyone will be vaccinated by March fifteenth, and so you ignore mm-hmm. the thousand other people that say, "Well, we might be back to normal by December." You say, no, this guy said March 15th. This guy said, I'll be French kissing somebody on St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Well, you might be anyway, but that's a difference. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, it's St. Paul. That's, I think, what standard operating procedure. I assume Mayor Carter will be at your house doing that, so. (laughs) Oh, oh, good Lord, man. Just him and the I I don't think I could pull a Carter. He's he's good looking. I'm (laughs) All right. have to like maybe one of the Vulcans from the St. Paul Winter Carnival. One of the Vulcans, yeah, he's like passed out in one of the stalls at Patrick McGovern's. Every yeah. every year, sitting on, uh, I'll look out the window and the Vulcans are driving by my house in Roseville, like they got lost and are still <laughs> looking for the way back to St. Paul. Man, this is about, this is a Market right. Street. Where are we? <laughs> Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Um, speaking of COVID, the Twins had their first um, COVID-positive of pitchers and catchers. Yeah, but it was, um, in, course, it was in the intake, right? That's it, fine. Yeah, it was. Exactly. So, but yeah, it's like it was, um, it was Hap, right? It was J.A. Hap. Yep. J or J.A. Hap. J.A. Hap. J.A. Hap. J.A. Hap. J.A. Erickson Hap. From the Finnish national team. From the Finnish um, national team, yes. <laughs> so, um, but that was, I think, the only news I've heard from the Twins so far, beyond the fact that everyone is very skeptical that Alice Karoloff will start the season um, starting, even though he's one of the three best outfielders in the system. <laughs> it's it's going to be it's, a fun spring of watching Alex Kirilov hit 14 bombs yeah. in 11 games or something like that and watch mm-hmm. Rocco Baltelli try to save with a straight face. Well, we think he yeah. needs a month in St. Paul just to learn how the game is played. Just, yeah, just to spend some time there shagging grounders with a Toby Gardenhire. It'll be fine. It's... <sighs> And it's yeah, and it's just I mean, I touched on it and my dumb Twins Daily thing. It's just it's so. I mean, I get why they do it. It makes sense mm-hmm. from the franchise's point of view, but boy, it just feels so dirty and cheap and gross that I can't abide it. I just I don't like it. It's just it's gross. I, I said this on on the internets the other day, but. Absolutely the worst thing about modern sports is that understanding this contractual, collective bargaining, financial side of the game is absolutely crucial in understanding why stuff like this happens. You have to know what the implications are. You have to know this front office Mm -hmm. nonsense speak of salary caps and service time and all that kind of stuff. If you're going to understand anything the Twins are doing, you have to understand all this stuff. And yet, knowing this stuff and knowing why Alex Kirilov is going to f- spend the first month of the season in St. Paul makes you feel terrible inside. It makes yeah. you feel like you're actually putting people out of house and home while you're playing Monopoly. It just yeah, is, it, it's the worst feeling as a fan. 
yeah, it just it's it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I mean, it's like we talked about with Anthony Edwards. I mean, it's like you see that dunk, and somebody say, "Well, what was his per?" <laughs> right. And it's like who gives a shit? It was a cool dunk. And then you see like Kirilov hit like a four hundred and seventy five foot bomb. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, but you know, I think Jake Gabe gives us a better chance to win in April. Right. So it's like, and uh, yeah, I. I I don't like, and I, I get it. It makes sense. You want to have another cheap year of a potential all star um, before he goes to free agency and commands a Fernando Tatis type of salary. And I get it, but uh, just it would be better if the best players were playing. That's just. I, the, I think the hardest. I realize I sound like a goddamn grandpa saying that, yeah. but man, I just. Uh, I hate that. I, I think the hardest thing on the other end now. It used to be you could sort of make the case to yourself of saying, well, you know, three years of team control and three years of arbitration or whatever, and these guys are going to make a ton of money and then they'll get paid. But you look at a guy like Brian Dozier who just retired at the age of 33 because he couldn't find anybody that would actually play him in a baseball game. And you know that Kirilov, I mean, is Kirilov 24 now, 25? I can't remember. I don't don't know. He's somewhere somewhere around there. But – he gets they might get this year on the end of the team control and that'll put him at 31 or 32 or maybe 30 depending on how old he is as i've established i don't know how old he is but <laughs> however old he is it's not like all of this fooling around for the next month is leading to him getting 35 million dollars at the end of that at the end of that they're just going to drop him they're going to drop him and just let him go somewhere else the same thing happened with Rosario, and I, Rosario's fine. He's getting some money from the Indians, but it's not like he went out there and got the Tory Hunter contract of five years, uh, $155 million or whatever he got back in the day from Los Angeles. That kind of stuff doesn't happen now. So artificially suppressing it is not a – it's not a payday down the line either. They're literally just taking money away from him. Exactly. And yes, we understand professional athletes are overpaid, but boy, what do you find out about the people who pay them? Right. My God. Just, <laughs> they all made their money foreclosing on family farms. And those are the good guys. <laughs> suppressing Some people are really bad. Suppressing Alex Kirilov's service time is only going to let the poll ads make another terrible art house movie that's dubbed from uh, Latvian or something like that. Uh, as long as they do like a really good one about Todd Rundgren, I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> You, know? you should write that movie, Stu. I should. Um, hello, it's me, the Todd Rundgren story, directed by Tom Pollack. I'm, imp- I could, I'm I impressed you went with something other than bang the drum all day. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Jesus, no. Fuck the Packers. You know that. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I suppose we can get into the uh, question and answer period here. These are mostly questions for you, John. Yeah, I, I didn't uh, have time to think of any questions for you, and most yeah. of mine would just be about... What's it like to not have little kids at home and instead have big kids at home? And that was that's an entirely different thing. Let's see. We've got a question from Zero Dice on um, Twitter. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening, Randy. Um, ask John how the change in Iowa's offensive line coaching will change how pissed off he is by the team's skill in blocking the Gopher defensive line. Um. <laughs> I would like to say to Zero Dice that he's no longer allowed to listen to the podcast. Turn off the podcast. <laughs> get out of here. Nobody wants to hear from you. Thank I think you. That's the, that, that is the answer he was expecting, I'm sure. Yes. Um, his follow-up was, um, what is your prediction for Hull City's promotion chances? Uh, Hull City, 
is maybe for the longest time Hull was a strange outlier in England because it was the largest town in England that had never had a Premier League team or never had a first division soccer team. It's a rugby town and nobody cares about Hull City in in the soccer world, nor should they. I hope they don't get promoted. <laughs> Um, let's see a question here from, uh, I might Deacon just, Real- I, I don't oh, actually sorry. know if zero dice is a Hull city fan. I can't imagine that he is. I think he was asking, he was asking for a friend. I okay. Um, but I'm just lashing here. out now because he was no, but, no, positive no, no. He, about he, the state of Iowa. So I think everyone, everyone knows you're an Arsenal fan. So that's kind of what you guys do. Yeah. Me um, and Brandon, <laughs> um, vegan realtor, Nate Pence asks, <laughs> can you guys talk about man city's chances to win five trophies this year? You know, the the thing about Man City that was kind of strange is they had a couple losses early in the season, and then they had about five games in hand on the rest of the league. And so they were down in about 10th or 11th place. They didn't have a great year last year either. And so in my mind, I had sort of written them off again. And then one day I stumbled on um, 538. They have predictions for who's going to win the title and stuff. And... Mm-hmm. I, I happened to stumble on that, and they still had Man City ranked as a 40% chance to win the Premier League this year. And it was one of those moments where I hadn't really thought about it. And then you see that, and you think, well, I guess technically that's possible. And since then, I don't think they've lost a game. So Manchester City's going to win the Premier League. They, If history is any guide... Pep Guardiola will get to one of the later rounds of the Champions League, maybe the quarterfinals, maybe the semifinals, and he'll stay up for three consecutive nights trying to think about the perfect tactical genius thing he could do to get his team over the hump, and it'll lead to him playing only five players, two of whom are actually trainers and not players, <laughs> to really distract the other team and They'll lose seven to nothing and not win the Champions League. So I'm going to go ahead and say that their chances of winning five trophies this year are remote at best. <laughs> um, I'd heard every like Man City fan is kind of like the British equivalent of QAnon over here. Is that <laughs> is that accurate or I d- inaccurate? I don't I don't know the truth. I don't actually know any Man City fans. The only one I ever knew on the internet was a Man City fan back when they were. Terrible, terrible. And I think it was just because he was a fan of Oasis. So, oh, okay. Um, I don't know much about Man City fans, but it, it seems like it would be difficult to be a fan of any of the teams that are supported by a Gulf oil state. Even if, you're, <laughs> even if your fandom dates back 30 years or whatever, it seems like it would be somewhat hard to deal with that. I, that's somewhat true of every Premier League team now. I, I don't think you could look at the owners of any team in the Premier League or in European soccer generally and say, boy, there are some upstanding fellows that I really wish wish to be associated with. So <laughs> it's that is all true, but it seems like the, okay. the teams that are owned by Gulf Oil States are a special brand of hell. <laughs> Writing a special brand of hell down for the okay. show title. Um, let's see. We got a follow up from Zero Dice here. I'm supposed to ask John what his favorite Australian rules football scandal is. Um, Do you have a favorite one? I, is there one? My my. I'll tell you. I'll tell you my favorite part of any Australian rules football game. Um, <laughs> at the beginning of the game, at, at both teams walk out onto the field, and I know you don't know a lot about Australian rules football, so I'll just tell you that. 
there are some players on each team that are assigned to be down near the opponent's goalposts and some players on the opposing team who guard those players. And they mostly just stay right there near the goalposts. And the camera will cut to these two groups of players. In the midfield, it seems like it's a little more open, but particularly these two groups of players that are gathered underneath the goalposts for either team. And they'll walk out onto the field and they'll be ready to to wang the ball down onto the turf to start the game because that's how you start an Australian rules football game is the referee just absolutely smashing the ball <laughs> off the turf as hard as he can, which if they start an NFL game that way, I think we'd all watch. I can't believe Vince McMahon didn't know about this for the XFL. Um, but before, as after they walk out onto the field, before they wang the ball down onto the turf, these two groups of players will just turn to each other and start punching each other in the shoulder. It's the wildest thing I ever saw. It's like, it's not even like an NHL where they're just trying to hit each other in the mouth with the dirtiest gloves ever. They're just punching each other and everybody seems to accept this. It's like the seventh grade and everybody trying to give each other a dead arm all over again. <laughs> strange sport, strange country, but a particularly yeah. strange sport in a strange country. And I, I think what people need to understand about Australia is that as tough as you think say hockey players are or uh-huh. uh, MMA guys or just whatever you think Greco-Roman wrestlers the toughest people you can think of every Australian is tougher than that yeah and they're all and they're just, all drunk all the time they're drunk angry they say the most horrible things about you at all times mm-hmm. and it's just, you can understand 40% of it but you know that other 60% is awful you're just you're supposed to accept this as normal this is normal behavior mm-hmm. for Australia exactly so yeah just strange country. Great yes, sport, it's though. A prison, it's, it's a prison island that terrifies me, but they're all very tough. <laughs> um, I forget what the actual question was there about Australia. What um, was the favorite? What, what, what was your, the worst what scandal? Favorite, yeah. Probably one of the many times that indigenous players were treated terribly. Not that we would ever know anything oh. about that here in North America. Oh, no. Yeah, that was actually um, had a question from at Dave Yonka. He's like, I think the leading running back in Watertown mayor of high school history. <laughs> um, he had a question. Um, um, what do you have to say about the racism that surrounds Lewis Hamilton's F1 titles? Oh, that is, that is another brand of overseas sports that has a lot to reckon with. Lewis Hamilton's an amazing driver. He's, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm right in saying he now is tied for the record of, Number of Formula One championships won. Michael Schumacher won seven, and now Lewis Hamilton won seven. And even now, I would say he's he's treated differently just because he's a black man. And it's very strange because Formula One is it, – it's not like he came swaggering in from nowhere. It's a sport for rich people. That's how you get yeah. into Formula One. And mm-hmm. it's a sport for rich people paying other rich people to – drive tiny cars really fast around tracks in countries that you wouldn't be able to visit because they're on the state department list of no fly zones. <laughs> and it just seems odd to me that even in those, even in that particular set of high financial, high technical circumstances that the everyday racism that we hear all the time about, black athletes in basketball or football or baseball or whatever would still carry over into that crowd as well. I don't, I I don't understand quite how that's possible. Like how is Lewis Hamilton any different from 
any of the other multicultural, multinational people who drive in Formula One, German or Italian or Brazilian or whoever. How are, how are any of those people different? And yet Lewis Hamilton does get treated differently, and I don't know how. Is it like some sort of weird racially um, derived way that NASCAR treated Jeff Gordon? Like he's just an outsider, only they use race for this instead of him just being a like a pretty boy goof. I mean, I is that like an auto racing thing where it's just that the outsider thing is so like built into the culture of the sport that they'll take whatever is the outsider aspect of I, you and just hammer on. I that? guess, but it it's strange because I feel like I feel like Hamilton gets criticized for flashiness or whatever because he has an earring and meanwhile you can't find a group of more arrogant flamboyant people in the entire world than the collected starting grid in a formula one race there's no possible way you can't it's like maybe that and men's downhill skiers that's the most arrogant people on earth and (laughs) so singling out one of them as more arrogant or otherwise different or for any kind of different treatment just seems absurd to me. And boy, I realized that Jeff Gordon probably wasn't the best example since there was a black NASCAR <laughs> driver who had a noose in his garage <laughs> last year. Well, and it, the best part and of yes, that whole thing was, well, there's just sometimes nooses in the garages. That was sort of the excuse. <laughs> like, oh, it yeah. wasn't meant for him. There was just a noose in the garage. Yeah, and I know it was, it, was a supposed, coincidence. it was supposed to be a pole rope or whatever, but maybe... As you're nodding the pull rope in your NASCAR garage and you stand back and think, yep, that's done, there's just a light that goes off in your head and says, wait a second, I just tied a noose there. Maybe there's another Boy Scout knot I can use other than the the noose knot. Oh, God. Yeah. So, sorry. That just made me, that made me sad, John. Yeah. Um, but, but it does. Nothing but like it, it talking about does... racism and motorsport <laughs> to really bring the conversation yeah. down. Yeah. Definitely want us two white guys to handle that shit. Well, um, you know, we are. <laughs> In both the motorsports realm and the racism realm, we are two leading voices for <laughs> exactly, both of those exactly. things. Um, it, it does sort of tie into the uh, last thing. It was actually more of a comment than a question. This is from... Um, I, I just want to I want to say oh, right now that oh. none of these questions were planted by me. Stu, it's actually... No. You must have sourced these from Twitter, right? I, um, I actually threw it to a group text of fellow dads. Oh, fellow so. dad group text. But still, so, this yeah. sounds like... The actual yeah. question that you asked them was, hey, we're recording a podcast. Can you think of questions that John would really like to talk about? And, yeah, they, they came through with yeah, flying colors. This is um, great. This is the most fun um, I've had in the podcast in a long time. Because <laughs> we're not talking about Minnesota sports. Yeah, exactly. Anything <laughs> but Minnesota sports. This is the best. I got to hate, oh. on, I got to hate on the town of Hull. I got to hate on mm-hmm. Pep Guardiola. I got to talk about Australian rules football and Formula One. If the oh, next Andy. question is about... The second test between England and India in cricket. I'm just going to lose it. No, it, it is not, sadly. I apologize for that. Um, stuff about Mipples from um, Twitter. I I'm sorry. Is I'm sorry, what? Stuff about Mipples. I think me? MPLS is short for Minneapolis, I think. Oh, gotcha. But I, I, but I think he prefers to have a stuff about Mipples. Stuff about Mipples. Um, um, it's an observation. He says, just go balls out crazy. You and John... Um, that the Mars landing and the Texas snowstorm are false flags by the lunatic left wing. With Rush gone, you have a chance to be the new voice of the conservative movement. Just give it a shot. Um, I'm not going to do that. Um, 
but what, it seems like a what would be like a, what would be the point of either one of those things? Well, I mean, you know, like I mean, how could those be, watching, how could either of those be a false flag? How is this a political issue? Um, I think you could find someone who would think it was a false flag. Um, Landing on Mars is a false flag. Oh yeah, you could do that. You could, it's distracting you from um, what Joe Biden is doing to our groundwater. I think that's uh, mm. pretty pretty obvious. Um, I, when you yeah. make the connection like that, oh yeah, and um, I know that he had uh, uh, he like has a couple of rescue dogs, but I don't think they're very well groomed. And what is that distracting us from? Gas prices went up twenty cents in the last week and a half, John. Wait. Twenty cents. But you want to talk about things that I wouldn't know anything about? I haven't put gas in a car in twelve months. Gas is two fifty nine, John. Is two fifty nine? I don't even remember. Is that a lot or a little? I can't. I can't. I don't know anymore. either, John. But I think we all know that it was two thirty nine a week and a half ago. That's how out of touch I am, Stu. I don't at know these the price rates, of gas. John. At these rates, John, it's going to be ten bucks by Memorial Day, John. And then what? What are happen? we going to do? What are we to do, John? I guess that we'll is all what... have. To, oh, I see where you're going with this, Stu. Yep. Then we're gonna all going to have to. The Green New Deal is happening, John. See, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to do it right now, and it just it feels icky. So I'm going to stop because I just I can't. I can't do it. It's, it's too easy for one thing. Um, it's so easy to do the right wing grift that I'm not going to do it. I, I I respect our listeners and Wade too much. I, I respect Wade too much to do it. Let's just put it that way. I, I mean, as so. grifts go, it's a it's a good one. I enjoy oh, yeah. this I mean, if you're if you're a Hollywood actor out of work, I mean there is a that's a I mean that's a way to you know that's that's a way back. That's that's such a way back. You can get on any talk show on mm-hmm. Fox or Newsmax or OAN or whatever AM station <laughs> K fans trying to resurrect. And, and that's you know you, your career might be going down, but within a year you'll be starring in a movie with Tim Tebow about angels. So exactly, uh, Kirk Cameron presents. <laughs> I mean, you'll be on you'll be on that fucking gravy train, man. Good luck to you. Tim, T- we um, didn't mention Tim Tebow. His baseball career ended last week. Good for Tim. Really? It it ended last week, and it also ended five years ago. It, but you know, you can. I I gotta give. He stuck with it a lot longer than I thought he would. Good for him. He got to play yes. minor league baseball for five years. Exactly. And um, now, did he transition to the correct position in the NFL that would have actually made him a success and um, proven that he was actually as humble as he says he is? Well, of course he didn't do that. But you know, wait, what position would, would that have been? A tight end. He would have been an amazing tight end. Really? Well, I mean, he's like, what, 6'5", 230, for Christ's sake, John. He would have just rolled people over. Hmm. There's still oh, time. Okay. There's still time. There is, there is still time. I don't see why he couldn't do that now. That's true. But I think he's got to go save like people from being circumcised in Ecuador. So um, That seems like a good thing to do, actually. Yeah, I think that's his like plan for the next 20 years. So. <laughs> um, hey. Good for him. Hey. <laughs> I I was I don't think I can get out the sentence that I was about to say there, so let's just move on. I, I did. Well, I'm out. I'm out of talking points, John. So I feel like um, I I need some questions for you, Stu. How about this one? I, I I want your thoughts on the not the new Taylor Swift album, but the newest Taylor Swift album, the one that came out like two months ago. Um, was that Evermore? Yes, that one. I believe it's good. I really enjoy it. You did really enjoy it. Tell me more. Yes. Um, I just think that she's really in a groove as far as her like um, her whole songwriting process goes, and it's just that uh, 
oh gosh, like that Joni Mitchell like folk vibe, um, a lot of acoustic. Um, it just, and boy, I realized I was not prepared to talk about this. Um, it just feels very. Hey, it's got if that, I can talk about form, racism I, in Formula I know, One, you can talk about Taylor Swift's last album. I know it's just got such a lived-in, like you know, sunken living room quality to it. Like you feel like you're putting vinyl on a record player, and you can hear the scratches on it. That's kind of the vibe she's gotten on these last two records, and I just. For me, that's just catnip. I really enjoy that genre, and that's like the genre she's playing in right now. And she's such a good songwriter that she can pull this type of thing off. I don't know how long she can keep doing that, but um, as for right now, I mean, she basically owns that whole little. Besides being like the most popular like pop star in the world, she's actually writing really good songs in a genre that I really like. Um, so yes, I would recommend, I mean, both Taylor Swift albums of last year would have been in my top 20 of whatever ranking I never put out. Um, that's how good her songs were. Can I give you, last year. can I give you an extremely hurtful and uh, an extremely hurtful hot take that I don't actually believe I don't think, but I want to get it out there anyway. So what was, mm-hmm. what was her first album called last year? I can't remember. I'm sorry. Full my mind is that. First album was Folklore. Folklore. It was called Evermore. Folklore, I really enjoyed. I remember talking to you about it at the time it came out. I thought that was a really good album. Evermore sounded to me like the soundtrack of an ABC Family movie about vampires. Wow. That is that is mean. That is, I mean, it's just. I, I, I have to let Piper know that. <laughs> no, she'll, she'll... please don't let Piper kill me in my yeah, sleep. That I, wasn't I, very. I that's I not how I want this to end. Like that's okay. And I'm. I'm... No! Oh, she just. Yeah. <laughs> you overheard me talking about it. <laughs> wow. Great. Well, it's, yeah, I'm glad we've okay. come to the last episode of the sport. Ev. This is this will be my last episode. <laughs> yes. Please if you hear a knock on the door, it's already too late. Please yeah. remember me as the the one member of the sport Ev that was murdered by Stu's daughter. Um, uh, no, I, no, I, mean, I don't even know. Again, I don't even necessarily know that I would agree with that take if I listened to it again. That was just my first. That was my thought on the mm-hmm. first time I listened to it, and I haven't been back yeah. to it yet. Yeah. No, and I mean again, obviously, with the different strokes for different folks and all that. That's just. I mean, I really just. I like the vibe of the first one. It's definitely a, of a piece um, with the first one, and again, it just that it does it for me. I I thought the particularly interesting thing about both of those albums, to me, was that because I have children now, now I really like The National. Because that's what you do when you're <laughs> exactly, a middle-aged exactly. white dad. You're really into yes. The National. Oh, and yeah. it never crossed my mind that what if what if The National made two albums but with Taylor Swift as the lead exactly. vocalist? And it's yeah. it's sort of oh, mind-blowing yeah. to, yep. to see that happen as – that that stoner thought actually come to reality. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, have you gotten into your Steely Dan phase? <laughs> no, I haven't yet. I'm not quite old enough yet for the Steely oh, Dan. Oh man, phase. buddy, you're gonna. Oh, you're, it's it's coming for you. Yeah. I, I, if if you're digging the national influence on Taylor Swift, Steely Dan phase is coming. Yeah. It's 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 oh here oh, you have so much to look forward to, John. I think I'm about oh. I'm about eight, maybe ten years away. From that moment where you have two different Hawaiian shirts in your closet and you're not sure why, and mm-hmm. also you say the words out loud, I should buy a boat. <laughs> and that those two entry points, when you hit both of those markers, 
then you start sliding right into the Steely Dan fandom. Oh, it's it's coming for you. Yep. I'm I'm so happy for you. I'm looking forward to it for you. <laughs> and then we can talk about Steely Dan here, and it's just uh, it's going to be great. I'm looking. Oh, yeah, that's it's it, it gets me excited for the future of the yeah. sport of that we're going to be able to talk about Steely Dan at some point. I'm just going to rediscover the whole catalog in real time oh, as you look oh, on like a great. like a proud dad. It's like well. Okay, all of these songs sound like elevator music, but they're about weird sex and death and cocaine and Michael <laughs> McDonald singing background vocals for some reason. And that's what he realizes genius. Oh, I'm so excited. It just oh, breaks your mind. Great. What else do I? It's what so What other dad albums do I have coming? There's got to um, be more. There's got to be more on this list. Let's see. And it's again. It. I mean, I am like ten years ahead of you, mm-hmm. so that's. Um, yeah, kind of, what do the next ten years hold? I guess is my question. It, it's it's it definitely skews it um, a little more boomery <laughs> for me because um, you're gonna really like get into the Fleetwood Mac and CCR and Marvin Gaye, like <laughs> the stuff you know the that late sixties, mid seventies, right. like you know R and B rock type of thing. So that's kind of where like you know you you rediscover the stuff that you listen to with your dad in the car, right? Type of so yeah, and then I mean that's I think what you're really gonna find. So what you're telling so, me is I, I've got a day coming up where I say to someone else, maybe out of nowhere, maybe as part of a conversation, when I say to them, "Yeah, the Moody Blues just sound better on vinyl." <laughs> you'll you'll have a favorite eagle. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not gonna be one of the two lead singers. You're gonna. You're going to talk about how Joe Walsh really had some things to say, <laughs> you know? Oh, that's great. Timothy B. Schmidt really brought some late-era heat to the Eagles, man. That's uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait yeah. for it's, the old dad phase. Yeah, it's the funk because your kids will be able to like do more stuff without needing you all the time, which is going to give you that free time that you had before, but now you don't really go out that much, so you're just alone with your thoughts, and right. you're going to need some noise, and then you're going to put music on. That's so. perfect. And my kids will just yeah. roast me all the time. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, totally. It's I can't wait be to be roasted so. by my children. But, 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 right. the, but also, also they're going to find like one or two of them that they agree with you with, and then you're going to bond over that, and it's going to be awesome. Man, I can't That's wait. That's really fun. Oh, yeah. Like, there's going to be something. Oh, man, you, oh, you're so lucky. You have so much to look forward to, John. I oh, do. I'm it's so all happy. coming. And it's all coming, man. God, I, this, I, this is the most positive I've been in the last 11 months, I think. <laughs> just for the day when I finally discovered just, Steely just Dan. Steely Dan. Oh, man. Well, I can't oh. wait. Um, yep. As promised, I want to note that the Wild are up 2 nothing after the first period. So oh, that's awesome. good for and everybody. We, Los Angeles or Anaheim? Anaheim. Or, okay. So um, it's all happening. I got, I got nothing okay. else. This is yeah. Neither do I. This and been, we made it to an hour. Yeah. Well, without a, <laughs> this is this is two daily deliveries worth of content. It really is, and we did not have Brandon's twenty-minute filibuster on the Timberwolves, so we managed to still get an hours of content out for people on their drive to church, or they don't check their podcast feed until Monday morning, right? Um, and I don't think is there anything happening tomorrow that's going to make this out of date? Um. God knows every every Minnesota team played today, so I don't yeah, quite I don't know. Anything. I don't quite know what can happen, but you know, I don't think there's any. Yeah, I was trying to think if we could like like say something that makes this more current if you're getting it on a Monday morning. But well, by the man. by the time you listen to this on Monday, there's a chance, not a good chance, but a chance that 
the Vegas Colorado game will finally be in the third period. <laughs> oh God, I'm that's just bringing it back. Yeah, ah, that was great. All right, good All sport right. of Good sport of everybody. Uh, thanks for listening, and um, we'll see you tomorrow night.